episode number eight of the Healthier Life podcast. I hope you've been having a good week. Me? Well, not so much. Last week, I tested positive for COVID along with two other members of the family, so I've been self-isolating and trying to keep away from the other three who seem miraculously unaffected. Anyway, thankfully, we all seem to be on the mend and I can't wait to be released back into the big wide world again later this week. I have really missed being able to go outside, to go for a run or to go and see the sea, which is my happy place. This week's episode is a bit topical. If you're listening to it within a few days of when it goes out on the 26th of October 2021, then you might be aware of the COP26 conference happening in Glasgow starting this coming Sunday. Since there's a lot of talk about climate action and doing our bit, then I thought it would be the right time to talk a little bit about why so many people are choosing to go plant-based in a bid to save the planet. In this episode, I tell you a bit about my own plant-based story, I give four reasons why someone might choose to go more plant-based, and then we talk about five things that I believe are often holding people back. Finally, there are two easy tips for how you can go just a little bit more plant-based than you already are. There's no pressure, there's no judgment, and I'm not here to persuade you to give up meat entirely, I promise. Before we dive in, I would love to read out the review of the week, and this comes from Wilkster360 in the UK. She says, I enjoyed each and every one of Catherine's series so far. Being a Christian woman and a personal trainer, it is so refreshing to hear this perspective. So much of the health and fitness industry pushes the calories in and calories out idea and the notion that huge amounts of cardio will be the magic bullet to solve our weight issues. It was so great to hear Bree talk about the huge benefits of strength training, as it is a life's work trying to encourage women to balance their cardio workouts with some strength training, and no, they won't turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can certainly relate to the undeniable truth that stress plays a huge role in our health profile and will affect our ability to lose weight and feel like we have energy and vitality. Catherine has outlined a very helpful process here on the key areas to address in our lives to improve our health, and it's not just all about our exercise and what we eat. Spirituality is such a key area which Catherine talks about, and she's also mentioned a few other things that I haven't really thought about, like creativity and learning. Thanks, Catherine. I would highly recommend these podcasts to anyone stuck in a rut with their health, and also taking that next step to see a health coach like Catherine. I found that many of my personal training clients who achieve the best results engage the help of a health coach or someone to help them with a plan and who could help with accountability. Thank you so much, Wilkster360. It's great to get your perspective as a personal trainer and I appreciate so much the comments that you made. And if you would like to have a chance to have your review read out on the podcast, then head over to Apple Podcasts and click on Write a Review. I read every single one and they mean so much to me. And it also really helps other people to find the show too. And if you haven't done so already, take a second to click subscribe or follow to the show so that you don't miss out on future episodes. And before we start, just a quick disclaimer as always. The information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast, where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? 
I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, if you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. I wonder if you had the chance to watch the Earthshot documentaries recently on TV with Prince William and Sir David Attenborough. I watched them all last week when I was in bed with COVID and I found them both really inspiring and a little sobering at the same time. If you don't know, the Earthshot Prize is a million pound prize awarded to each of the five winners of the five different categories. And the plan is to give out five million pounds each year for the next 10 years. Each of the five categories are looking at innovative ways to combat threats to our beautiful planet, and they include the restoration and protection of nature, cleaning our air, reviving our oceans, waste-free living, and climate action. And it's kind of not surprising that the series mentioned once again that if we want to achieve progress in all of these goals, then one of the things that we need to be doing as a global community is moving away from a focus on animal agriculture and moving towards more plant-based diets. And there is hope that this will also be discussed at the upcoming International Climate Change Conference called COP26, which will be held in Glasgow at the end of this week, at the time of this recording. And since the day after the talks begin, November the 1st, is also known as World Vegan Day, then it seemed appropriate to talk about plant-based diets on the podcast today. Before I tell you some of the benefits you might want to consider about moving closer towards a plant-based diet, I just want to say that I am not suggesting that you have to go vegan overnight. I'm not even saying that you have to give up meat, dairy or eggs completely, so don't panic and please don't switch off this podcast. But I do hope that by the end of this podcast, you might have been encouraged just to move a step closer, perhaps to replace one meat-based meal this coming week with a plant-based one. That's all. As author and podcaster Colleen Patrick-Goudreau likes to say, don't do nothing because you can't do everything. Do something, anything. First of all, though, I would like to tell you a little bit about my own journey towards adopting a plant-based diet. It all started back in 2008. For several months after the birth of my second daughter, I had noticed increased stomach bloating and cramps. We were living in a very remote part of Russia at the time, so it wasn't easy to get reliable medical advice. I took a number of blood tests, and even at one point I treated myself for Giardia, but the problem didn't go away. I started to research online. Could it be a food allergy? I tried an elimination diet, but that didn't seem to work. I then read about food combining, which means eating protein and carbohydrates at separate meals, but that didn't really seem to work either. Later, back in England, I would be diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS for want of a better analysis, it seemed. But it was my research into food combining which led me to read the book Fit for Life, which first got me thinking about the effects that different foods have upon our digestive systems and ultimately upon our health. And somewhere in the midst of my research, I discovered Colleen Patrick Goudreau's podcast, Food for Thought. I was instantly hooked. 
I remember staying up late at night, since that was when our internet connection was the most reliable, listening to every single episode and lapping up all the information. It just seemed to all make so much sense. Suddenly, it wasn't just all about my health. I had never made the connection before between what I was eating and how animals were being treated. And I began to wonder, could I at least go vegetarian? It seemed such a hard thing to do in the south of Russia. The local diet was very meat-heavy and people all around us kept animals and even slaughtered them in their back gardens. But a couple of other expats were also vegetarians and they seemed to get by okay without offending the locals, so perhaps I could too. It was a steep learning curve. I had to make everything from scratch and incorporate new recipes. I eventually gave up meat completely in 2010 and a couple of years later my husband also decided to go vegetarian. He'd not been initially persuaded by the health argument or even the animal argument, but it was the environmental argument that really challenged him. He'd agreed to read a book that I'd lent him called Food Revolution, How Your Diet Can Help Save Your Life and the World by John Robbins, which I highly recommend. And that was the turning point for him. I didn't miss meat at all, but giving up cheese was another matter. I love cheese. Nevertheless, all the information that I now had lay heavily on my heart and I dabbled in and out of veganism for a while before deciding to go all out in 2015. By that time, we were back in the UK, so it was much easier to find alternative milks as well as meat and cheese substitutes. My husband did the Veganuary Challenge in January 2018 and hasn't looked back since, and our whole family now eats mostly vegan at home. We've let our children make the decision for themselves, so they still eat dairy and eggs from time to time, and very occasionally they might eat meat or fish outside of the house, but I'm no longer cooking separate meals for everyone at home. So that is my story. And now I want to suggest four reasons why you might want to consider going ever so slightly more plant-based too. The first reason is for your health. There are many long-term scientific studies which show that vegans and vegetarians tend to live longer and have lower risk of disease than those who eat meat. They tend to enjoy lower rates of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer and other illnesses. Now, this may be largely because they eat more vegetables and tend to be more health conscious, but the evidence does tend to link eating meat with a higher risk for chronic diseases such as heart disease and cancer. And in fact, the World Health Organization announced back in 2015 that processed meats, that's things like bacon, sausages and ham, are actually carcinogenic. That is, they do directly increase your risk of getting cancer. A plant-based diet, on the other hand, actually protects against disease. Studies show that vegetarian and vegan diets can actually not just prevent heart disease, but can also reverse it. A plant-rich diet is high in essential nutrients. And let's face it, most people today are simply not getting their five a day of fruits and vegetables. Our modern diet tends to consist mainly of processed or factory farmed meat, bread and sugar-based man-made products. A whole foods plant-based diet, however, is rich in fibre, minerals, antioxidants and phytochemicals, all of which promote optimal health. Fibre is only found in plant foods and it's essential for a healthy gut and digestive system. If you look at the five main blue zone areas of the world, that's places where they record the highest number of centenarians living healthily well into their old age, they all eat a plant predominant diet. 
Not a totally plant-based one, although one does, the vegetarian Adventists of Loma Linda, California. But the ones that eat meat are only doing so less than once a week, certainly nowhere near three times a day like many people in the West today. So the first reason many people choose to adopt a more plant-focused diet is for health reasons. If you'd like to find out more about this, then I highly recommend the book How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, and I will put the link to that in the show notes. The second reason is for the animals. There's no getting around the fact that conventional factory farming is cruel. Most people have no idea where their meat comes from or what the animal has had to endure. Even those animals raised in a quote-unquote happy environment still end up at the same terrifying slaughterhouses. And for every female chick that is chosen to lay eggs, a male chick is killed through suffocation or being ground up alive. Dairy cows have to be made repeatedly pregnant to produce milk, and their babies are taken away almost immediately so that humans can drink the milk, and the male ones are often killed because they're of no use to the dairy industry. There are plenty of places you can find out more about this on the internet, so I won't go into it here, but I do recommend John Robbins' book The Food Revolution for food for thought on this issue. Thirdly is for people. I remember watching the terrible scenes of the Ethiopian famine back in the 1980s, which sparked movements like Band-Aid and Live Aid. I was shocked to discover that at the height of the famine, Ethiopia was allegedly still selling grain to feed Western cattle. Now, there's a lot more involved in third world politics that creates such inequality, but it takes a lot less land as well as a lot less water to feed a vegan than a meat eater freeing up more resources for a growing world population. In fact, raising animals for food is actually very inefficient. For every 100 calories of human edible crops that we feed to livestock, we only receive 17 to 30 calories back. And then there are also the workers in the animal industry to consider. Apparently, slaughterhouse employees report a much higher rate of domestic abuse and of PTSD than in most other jobs, simply because of the violence that they have to carry out on a daily basis at work. And the fourth reason is for the planet. So, back to where we started. There are huge environmental reasons to consider when you eat meat. According to the UN report of 2006, entitled Livestock's Long Shadow, Animal agriculture contributes more greenhouse gases than the whole of the transport industry combined, including aviation. It is also one of the leading causes of water pollution, soil erosion, air pollution, species extinction and deforestation. It is estimated that about 80% of the destruction of the Amazon rainforest is either for grazing land for cattle or to grow soy to feed animals. And that's not soy to feed vegans, as people mistakenly assume. Of all the soy grown worldwide, only about 6% of it goes directly towards human consumption, and that includes people in Asia, where soy has been a staple food for hundreds of years. If you're concerned about the environment, then one of the best things you can do is to reduce or eliminate your consumption of animal products. And I highly recommend the film Cowspiracy if you want to know more about that. So with so many health and other benefits, why aren't more people turning to plant-based diets? Well, here are some reasons, I believe, and I wonder if you can notice yourself in any of these. Number one is lack of clear information. 
many people are simply not informed about nutrition. Even medical doctors receive very little training in nutrition in medical school. And the people that want to find out more are often very confused by the amount of seemingly conflicting information online. It's hard to know who to trust and where to start. And this is compounded by the fact that the meat, dairy and egg industries put a lot of money into advertising that their foods are healthy. Whereas, as Dr. Michael Greger says, there is no such thing as big broccoli pouring millions into advertising the humble green vegetable. The second reason is habit. Most people just can't imagine changing their diet because they're so used to their old ways of eating. It takes an effort to change and so they can't be bothered. We all like the status quo and doing something different can be at best a nuisance and at worst quite frightening. The third reason is comfort. Perhaps we have many meat-based meals that we grew up on as children and they remind us of home. We have fond memories of turkey at Christmas or getting burgers from the drive-thru when we were little or grandma's chicken soup when we were ill and we don't want to give those up. We link our food with emotions, with memories and with family and it's hard to pull away from that. Fourthly is taste. Because let's face it, meat, dairy and eggs taste good. For many people, the thought of giving up bacon or cheese seems totally impossible. I've heard so many people say this. They just like their meat too much or they can't imagine life without cheese. And fifthly, perhaps the biggest reason is down to misunderstandings about plant-based diets. I'd like to have a quick look at four common myths that people tend to believe, perhaps without realising it, when it comes to thinking about a plant-based diet. Myth number one is the idea that we need to eat meat. Actually, humans have no nutritional requirement to eat meat at all. Yes, if you're living in the frozen wastelands of the Arctic, but for the majority of us living in places where we have easy access to abundant plant-based food, then no, we don't actually need to eat meat. We are not obligate carnivores like lions or tigers. The only essential nutrient that we can't currently get from plants is vitamin B12. This vitamin comes from microorganisms found in the soil and our ancestors would have got it from eating small bits of soil with their vegetables. But in today's society, our supermarket bought produce is cleaned and washed before we buy it. However, this vitamin is easy to get from supplements. And if you're fully vegan and therefore eat no animal products at all, then you really ought to be supplementing with B12, but it is very easy to do. I've also heard people worry that the men and the boys in their family need to eat meat in order to stay strong. Again, this is a myth. Think about some of the strongest animals in the world, like the elephant or the rhino. Yep, they are plant-based. What about humans? Well, here's a quick list of some world-class vegan athletes who seem to be doing pretty well on a plant-based diet. David Hay, world boxing champion. Venus Williams, former number one tennis player. Lewis Hamilton, Formula One racing driver. Patrick Baboumian, world record breaker in three strongman events. Novak Djokovic, world number one tennis player. And Scott Jurek, one of the greatest ultramarathoners of all time. And there are so many more men and women across a whole range of sports, including weightlifting, who eat a completely plant-based diet. Myth number two is that a plant-based diet is lacking in calcium, protein and iron. Again, this is not true. 
A well-thought-out vegetarian or vegan diet will contain plenty of these important nutrients. For example, a soup containing one cup of cooked lentils and one cup of spinach provides about half of your daily requirement of protein. 100 grams of tofu provides half your daily requirement of calcium. And 50 grams of dark chocolate contains nearly half your daily requirement of iron. Yay! Myth number three is that you have to combine foods in special ways to get all the right nutrients on a plant-based diet. This myth has now long been debunked. As long as you're eating a variety of healthy foods throughout your day and your week, then you don't need to worry about the correct quote-unquote food combinations at each meal. So eating plant-based really isn't that hard. And myth number four, I'm a Christian, therefore I eat meat. Okay, I just threw this one in there because I was listening to a podcast a while back when I heard an interviewee say this when asked if they might be interested in veganism. And it really saddened me to think that many Christians think that meat eating is actually a part of their faith. And I would love to challenge this idea. It seems to be a stumbling block for so many and is keeping many Christians close to the idea of a plant-based diet. I think this is probably a topic for a whole other episode, but just to say that there is nothing in the Bible that says that we have to eat meat. As Christians, we're free to make our own choices about what to eat and what not to eat. And so many things have changed in our world since the time of the Bible. I believe that if we sincerely want to live a life in obedience to God's commands, filled with love and compassion and concern for God's creation, then we can no longer be complicit in the horrors of modern factory farming. And if we really want to treat our bodies like the temples that they are, we should no longer be filling them with foods that have been proven to be detrimental to our health. So we've gone through four reasons why you might want to go a little bit more plant-based and we've addressed five things that might be holding you back. So I wonder, where are you on the whole plant-based diet thing? Perhaps you've already started thinking about it. Perhaps you've been considering doing meat-free Mondays or just trying to cut back a bit on the animal products and have more vegetarian meals. You don't have to be 100% vegan to start making a difference to your health, the environment and the animals right now. Every little counts. If you are looking to introduce more plant-based foods into your diet, then here are a couple of quick and easy tips. Firstly, replace meat protein sources with plant-based ones. Why not choose one or two meals where you would normally eat meat and try a plant-based equivalent? For example, replace the meat with lentils or beans, or a plant-based version, such as veggie mints or sausages. If you have a chicken curry on the menu, then try a vegetable curry instead. And the second tip is to load up on veggies. This tip is for everyone, whether you're thinking of going more plant-based or not. The truth is that very few of us are actually reaching the government guidelines around fruit and veg and eating our five a day. And many health experts really think that this ought to be eight or ten a day anyway. So much of our health is dependent on having healthy gut bacteria or a healthy microbiome. And what do our good bacteria love to eat? Fibre. And where can you only find fibre? Plants. Only plants. Yep, that's right, there is no fibre in animal products. As well as fibre, plant foods are crammed full with healthy antioxidants, minerals and vitamins, and they really are the foundation of good health. So I recommend that you try to eat as big a variety of plant foods each week as you can. Aim for 30 different types. This could include herbs and spices, as well as fruit, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. And eating different colours is also really important. 
as orange fruits give you different nutrients compared to red berries or green leafy vegetables. The point is to try to make veggies the centre of the meal and not the animal products, and to gradually crowd out the amount of meat that you're eating with other things. So there we have it. I do hope that this episode encouraged you in some way. Did you know that as well as being a certified integrative nutrition health coach, I also have a diploma in vegetarian and vegan nutrition. And so if you're interested in adopting a plant-based diet or learning more about how you can cut down on meat and dairy, then schedule a free discovery call with me by going to bit.ly slash callcatherine. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash callcatherine. And we can discuss how I can help you make the switch to a more plant-based lifestyle. And before I go, I just want to give you a heads up. If you're listening to this more or less when it goes live, then I am going to be running a free five-day meal planning challenge inside my Facebook group beginning on the 8th of November. I'll be sharing more details in the episode next week, but in case you're interested, then now would be a great time to go and request to join the Healthier Life Community Facebook group so that you're all ready to go with the challenge. You can find the link in the show notes. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.